Welcome to another Kyle High Club podcast. It's been a while since I have had a guest on the show and I'm really excited. I have Mr. Alexander Yankovic on, but also known as El Funk. Welcome. El Funk, that's right. Uh, what's Mr. up, Kyle? Hi, doing quite well. Thank you very much for Mr. coming Kyle? to my show. Thank you so much for having me. We've been talking about this for some time now. We actually, prior to this, had a podcast, but it never released. But that podcast is for me and yes. Mr. Funk only. So you guys will never hear it. But now we have one that will hit your airwaves because we have some That's really right. interesting news happening in your world. But firstly, tell us Correct. who you are, Mr. Funk. Where does the name come from? Oh, well, well before I get there, I just wanted to say uh, shout out to Carl. It was your birthday this weekend, I believe. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I just wanted to, to make the viewers uh, aware that uh, you recently did another revolution around the sun. You might want to make them aware. <laughs> yes. <laughs> aware. <laughs> right. So where did the L funk? So obviously my name is Alexander. So the L is just short for Alex or L. And then the funk comes from my uh, love, or should I say, uh, obsession with funk music. Okay. Uh, which is a love that was born maybe about 18 years ago, <laughs> uh, well, which is about the time I first started playing drums. Okay, so, uh, so, so yeah. tell me about your musical career. Where did it all start? When did you pick up an uh -huh. instrument and decided, you know what, I'm going to make music? Right, yes, that's a good place to start. So it it was about... Well, I, I consider the time that I actually got a drum kit as, as the time that I started, because before that, uh, I had some friends that had drum kits. So whenever I got a chance, I used to doodle on their drum kits and join in on their little jam sessions. But I'd say about 14, 15, when I was about 14, 15, I got my first drum kit officially. And that's when I, I think I could say I really started playing instrument, which was drums, which was something I've always wanted to do, I think, actually from a young age. I remember even in primary school, I used to bang on the space case with, the, with pencils and drive <laughs> the teachers. During a boring lesson. Teachers, yeah, I drive the teachers mad, you know. And <laughs> so, yeah, I've always been kind of uh, possessed Rhythmic. by the groove, you could say. <laughs> Rhythmic. <laughs> okay. Right. Uh, and then, um so yeah so so then after high school i took a gap year kind of decide what i want to do um and then i learned about a course in sound engineering uh, at the sabc actually at the sabc so, yeah in auckland park so that, did they um, did they provide courses at the Joburg. sabc yes well the, well not Directly, not the SABC themselves, but there was uh, a place called the Academy of Sound Engineering, and they were based inside the SABC building, basically right next to SABC Studios. You know. Okay. So, uh, yeah, it wasn't uh, affiliated with the SABC necessarily, but it, it was it was inside the main Just building there the in Auckland building, Park. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm sure you, anyone that's driven in Johannesburg and Auckland Park, seen that big, tall building here, you know, the SABC. 
Or if you ever so that's watched, I decided, you, or if you ever yeah. watched Yo TV and you wanted to say send everything, Auckland Park, Craig Hall. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right, right. <laughs> I always mailed Yo TV uh, all of these things. Private, I knew that address. Private bag. Yeah, yeah. Huh? A private private bag, yeah, private bag. What what what? That's right. That's right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so that's so then that's where I started studying uh, sound engineering with the specialization in music production. So I did a diploma. So it was around that time that I thought, okay, well, if I want to get into music production, being music producer, I should learn how to play the piano. Uh, it was the most logical instrument to play. Well, going from drums uh, straight to piano, that's quite a leap. Yeah, it is quite a leap. <laughs> so it, it was about, it was about uh, this was 2008. So it was about that same time when I, I moved to Johannesburg, stayed in this commune with like a bunch of film students, which was a cool experience. And that's where I started playing piano with, with the aim specifically to, to compose music, to write music, uh, because I felt like as a drummer, I was very limited. I couldn't really write my own music. I was always had to kind of rely on other people to make music. So I decided to, to learn another instrument. And uh, I was actually thinking between guitar and piano. And then somebody actually advised me to go with piano uh, because they said it's, it's, it's much more useful as a, as a tool for arranging, especially writing. Also, you, I think all of the notes, true. all of the notes are open right in front of you. You can actually see mm -hmm. how chord shapes are developed on a piano versus it's actually a little bit more confusing. Yes, on that's a guitar. right. It's way, way more confusing. <laughs> yeah. So all everything is laid up right yeah. in front of you on a piano. So I, I get exactly, that. exactly. You play C to C. You have the C major scale. <laughs> you know. There you go. Um, yeah, so so piano is definitely, I think, a much better tool for understanding music theory and how music theory works. Definitely. So is that so? Your uh, piano um, classes that you received was that very theory intensive as well? Uh, mainly, yes. There was like a we had a <laughs> a practical component, and, but we had to just learn easy songs like "Mary Had a Little Lamb" or something like that. <laughs> nothing serious uh, but yeah we had a cool like little like beginner songbook and, and that was quite useful um but it was yeah after i finished my studies i did take formal piano lessons for for a, uh, almost a year okay. uh it was with a, a bulgarian teacher she teaches actually at tut uh her name's uh, well everyone knows her as rosti Rusty Slava. Oh, wow. That's a powerful, that's a powerful <laughs> music teacher name over there. Damn. Yeah, no, she was proper hardcore, like, as in, like, don't Smack make me whip out my ruler. With, with exactly. Ruler. No, yeah. she's literally like, don't make me whip out my ruler and, like, smack your fingers kind of. Oh, my but God. She, she, I think she does musical drama at TUT. Uh, so maybe some people listening will know who I'm talking about. Um, but yeah, she, she's a um, super nice lady until, yeah, but when she starts teaching, she becomes uh, very serious. She, but I mean, she came from those serious, like, Russian type conservatories where they literally, like, <laughs> you know, 
hit you with a whip kind of vibe. You, know? <laughs> you won't play. Yeah. You won't play yeah. beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I think that was a good start and foundation. And then kind of after that, I, um, I went my own route. I haven't really taken any formal lessons since then. But uh, I've learned a lot of stuff from, from YouTube, uh, YouTube tutorials, you know, that kind of thing. Cool. And also just just through through writing through writing music, yeah. Isn't it but I never really learned piano so that I could sorry, play uh, other people's songs. Yeah. Sorry, uh, sorry. Yeah. sorry. Um, I wanted to say, isn't it actually uh -huh. really amazing YouTube and, and everything you can learn on it versus how boring mm -hmm. it was to learn a new instrument with all of those books and notes and everything. I think te with technology it really, today, it's a lot easier yeah. to learn a new instrument. It really is. I mean, not, and not just a new instrument to, to learn anything, you know, yeah. especially music production, recording, all of that. I mean, I still every day learn new things off of YouTube. Yeah. And I've been doing it for the last 10 years, you know, and I've, I've studied it. I've done a diploma in it, but there's still a wealth of information that's to be gained there. Yeah. But also um, so, we, all of your biggest, you know, role models and everything, you actually get to peek into their worlds. I mean, I saw Matt Heath. That's right. Trivium as well. He shows some of his scales, you know, and it's mm -hmm, really cool. Mm -hmm. you, you, got, you, you can peek into this world that you never really had access to because most of the time you had to have That's MTV so true, yeah. or you have to have a magazine, but you can't really mm -hmm. learn about this person's personality or have an in-depth, you know, masterclass like this, like previous years. Absolutely. I just think it's beautiful to learn anything um, on the internet lightly. And like you say, you still mm -hmm. learn something new every single day. We have all of that accessible to us. Yeah, absolutely. I, I can't agree more. I, I think people don't actually sometimes fully appreciate how much we can really just learn from all of that. Yeah. And Okay, so from piano and sound engineering and how did you get into production? Well, that was the direction that I wanted to go into from the very beginning. So basically, back then it was a two-year course. I think now they do it over three years. Uh, but back then, so your first year was basically the same for everybody. And then in your second year, you can specialize. So you can either go into music production or you can go into live sound engineering. So obviously doing live sound, or you could go into post-production, which is doing sound for film and that kind of thing. Or if you want to go into the broadcasting side. So my plan was always from the beginning to go in the, in the music production direction. What type of um, uh, production tools do they use as a standard? You know, do they go straight Mac and get force people to get logic or what is the, no, no. <laughs> what is the production? Well, tool well that it's is standard, well, you know, the industry standard is actually pro tools uh, to this day. So, so they were a, a pro tool accredited uh, provider. So I did all my, so I did all my pro tools. It was four exams, online exams, and you had to get like 90% to pass. So oh, what did you guys have yeah. to do? Well, we basically, 
had to we had four courses on the software and we had to study all of its functions and um, all the keyboard shortcuts and options and preferences and everything. Oh, okay. Uh, but it was also like applied, you know, especially in, in second year, they give you actual like sessions from, from like the pros to like demonstrate certain things. So that's pretty cool. So, yeah, I mean, so Pro Tools is, is both Mac and PC. So, but okay. so I spent a lot of money getting Pro Tools accredited. And then as soon as I left, I bought a Mac <laughs> and Logic. <laughs> And I've never looked back, actually. Yeah. But uh, I'm, 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 uh, and you know this as well. I recently went yeah. to the dark side and got myself a MacBook. And yes, yeah, that was a bit of a, a bit of a disaster. No, <laughs> well, the switch. I mean, yeah, yeah. It's, it's crazy because you know it's. I understand you know what all of these are made for. These different operating systems. I understand if you're a gamer, mm -hmm. you're gonna want to do Windows and. Understand if you're yeah. a creative, you want to go Mac. I'm not saying, right, guys, go buy a Mac if you're if you're a creative. I mean, there's a lot of you should see some of these people's studios they, where they're with Windows and everything like that. But I just find it really ironic mm -hmm. that you went to school for all of this, you know, for this universal <laughs> production tool. Yeah. And you went straight Mac, like straight off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look, there, there were some good reasons. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I've got no regrets. I, I still, to this day, stand by, stand by logic. So um, okay. just no, purely I... from a perspective of somebody that's that's writes music. Yeah, I, I just wanted to maybe clarify that that at that time, well, even up until now, where Pro Tools I think really has the edge over all the other software is is for film, specifically doing sound for film and for doing major soundtracks just because of the hardware uh, architecture involved. Um, but yeah, so at the time, and maybe only that's changed over the years, Logic has been more focused to the songwriting types, songwriter producers, you know, rather than just the recording mixing engineer types. Yeah. So how long did it take you to go from, okay, I'm studying, and uh, now I finished my studies. Now I've got a MacBook. <laughs> How long did it take you <laughs> yeah. from that point onwards to decide, you know what, I'm going to start making my own music? Because in the beginning, yeah. you were like, okay, cool. I am the rhythm. I am, I am the percussion <laughs> to, you know what, I want to do sound engineering yeah. to, oh my God, I want to try and my hand on production and piano from a Russian lady. So... <laughs> So how did all yeah. of this get to a point where you want to, you know, start making your own music? And for those of you who don't know, Mr. Funk over here has already released two albums, two full-length albums, you know, Transience and Polymatica. Uh, Transience came out of uh, 2019 and Polymatica last yes. year during uh, lockdown as well. No, in just 2020, I believe. Yeah, 2020. Yeah, sorry, last. Yeah. I don't know why. Last year was. Yeah, know. last year was 2020. I also feel like we lost a year somewhere with no, all this like, COVID. Cock. I still feel like it. <laughs> I can't believe it's already February. You know, it's. I know, I, I know, I and I also feel, feel like, like I I released an album last year, and then I was like, wait, but no, it was actually yeah. 2020. Yeah, because I still feel like Crazy. last year was 2020. Uh, that's right. So it does feel like it. 
Fuck, <laughs> we get got PTSD from that whole entire year. Sorry, guys. Dude, so, yeah, right? 2020 was right. uh, polyma- mm-hmm. when Polymatica came out. So, yeah. what I want to know is... So, how- Polymatica was an EP, yeah. The first one was a full length. It was 14, uh, 14 tracks. Uh, yeah. mm. And Polymatica was an was a EP, actually. released six tracks, yeah. Guys, can I just say, um, mm. you know, to this day, to, and I'm actually playing it right now. There you go. To Bones of Friends. Uh, yeah. Probably uh, yeah. one of my favorite, favorite, favorite songs on that album it is ridiculously oh, catchy it just takes Thanks, you to yeah. a nostalgic vibe and just so everybody knows what i like about your music is uh-huh. basically you take everything digital from synth and and you know and production wise but you get people mm-hmm. like i'm a franks and various other artists mm-hmm. and you combine acoustic and real-time instruments along with this mm-hmm. synth. So it's, for me, it's yes, a beautiful yeah. mash. It's a beautiful, you know, a marriage of music between mm-hmm. the, the acoustic and the electronic, which I don't hear very often and which I really like about your music as well. So, sorry, I'm getting sidetracked. I just really wanted to ask, yeah. how did you get to a point from your mixing part of a musical background to actually get to transience? You know, how did you get to that point? Yeah, so uh, thanks so much, uh, and th- and that's exactly that was the the whole point and vision from the beginning of the project was that that marriage of the electronic with the acoustic, with synthesizers and 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 real music. Uh, so uh, I think to go back, um, so so while I was at the. Academy of Sound Engineering. So, so I did have a band. And then when I was in second year, two of my band members were in first year. So I had a band that I was really serious with. Uh, yeah, and then, yeah, we used to call it Dummy Head. <laughs> okay, great. I love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's called Dummy Head. Uh, and then, so that, that song, Bones of Friends, was a song I wrote, but it was actually supposed to be for Dummy Head. <laughs> Funny enough, yeah. That's why oh, actually, wow. if you see, oh, wow. that's why okay. actually, if you see on, I don't know how to credit it. So if you see, it actually says Bones of Friends featuring Dummy Head. I don't know if you ever saw that, but yeah. So Dummy Head was my previous band. Oh, um, yeah. So, so basically, uh, maybe to, to go on a little bit on that sidetrack with you. Uh, so, so Bones of Friends was actually, She'd done at the SABC with um, Peter Paulson. Full circle. Which is like my, yeah, which is my kind of hero and idol. I mean, he's he's won like, I think, eight Psalmers. And he's probably, I mean, I rate him as the best in the country. So, so yeah, for that one, we actually, we got in real string players. We got John Louise uh, and then Alex Parker from ISO helped me with the string arrangements on that song. Uh, and we actually recorded real Steinway piano at the SABC on a, a Neve desk, much like the one in uh, Sound City, the Foo Fighters, pretty much the same kind of desk. So yeah, that, that, that's quite, quite an epic um, that was only actually released years later. But to kind of get back to the story, uh, so after graduate, I think 2010, yeah, we were still kind of going ahead with Dummy Head. 
but then eventually due to internal differences um, with band members, the band kind of uh, split apart dramatically. <laughs> uh, like like so, bands usually do. Like bands usually do, right. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, I mean, at that point, oh, we had been going on more than two years, basically, writing. We had a whole album written, actually. We were getting ready to record Wait, the so album. Wait, so let me get this straight. So, Bones of Friends was recorded way back then. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, okay. In 2010, actually, yeah. Damn, all right, all right. Okay, cool. That's that's really cool. Okay, so, sorry. I just, when you mentioned it. No, no, it's the cool. First no, time, it's, when you yeah, first yeah. Time told me, it's like, okay, cool. But now that I'm thinking about it, oh, that's actually quite intensely cool because you held on to right? that little piece of music all of these years until, exactly. until yeah, you, you released get, your full you solo. Okay. Yeah, okay, cool. Now, now, yeah, you're now. getting it. So, so, <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. okay, I'm with now. I'm with. Okay. It took me a while, but I'm here. I'm here. Awesome. No, no, it's okay. It, it's quite a convoluted. <laughs> story um but yeah i mean thanks for putting it together like for the people at home that maybe didn't quite realize okay where's all this going you know yeah because i'm also just because yeah, the way yeah. you're talking about it it's kind of like how pac-man like goes. i'm going on it feels like i'm going on a tangent yeah yeah uh but anyway so so in a way you could say that Sint Maseria was was born out of that, or you could say or it was born in the period after that, you know, after having um, basically devoted like two years of your life working on an album, you had a whole album written, went into studio, already recorded the first, what's, what was supposed to have been the first single, uh, spent quite a bit of money, you know, and it, it all kind of, I guess maybe it's better it came apart when it did. Um, like, you know, like the old adverb, you know, some everything yeah. happens for a reason, you know, so perhaps it did happen. For sure. You know, for, for the best. Yeah, no, for sure. Absolutely. Um, so basically, after that, I kind of made the decision that I wanted to to have a project that was just completely my own that I don't really have to rely on anybody else. Sort of like I basically decided, okay, I'm going to become a one man band, you know, and okay. The whole so experience. Yeah. Stopping yeah. there. You mm -hmm. already have percussion background that that is. Yes. Production. Uh -huh. And you have your piano classical training that comes from. So Technically, you can yes. be a one-hand man band. Okay, so now all there the you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is falling together. Nice, Detective Carl is on it. <laughs> <laughs> but one, yeah, no, one hundred percent, bro. So, so that's where it all kind of uh, was born out of. Yeah, and, and as you said, I had, I eventually had the tools, I guess, the skill set uh, to do my own thing. Um, so basically I think 20, so after the whole thing, this was 2010, the year after I graduated, then, uh, 2011, uh, I think I even took like a, like a break from music after all of that. 
2012, I actually decided to go back to studying. Then, then I went to, to Tux, Tuckies. Uh, you're not, the, you're not the first person that I've heard of that decided they want to go back into studying in 2012, by the way. you know. I've, oh, really? Yeah, it's <laughs> such a weird... It's almost yeah. like... Remember, the it, that was the year yeah. everything was supposed to end. That was the year... Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The, the mind I, That's right. 2012, yeah. And I've, and I, felt, and, and it feels like it was yesterday. Wow. Yeah, was 10 and, years ago. That was 10 years ago, bro. That was literally 10 years what? ago. Literally uh, 10 years ago. Yeah, crazy. Yeah. Some of my friends actually went back uh -huh. to study. It's almost like I need to go did, learn yeah? shit before I die. You know? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, no, that's hilarious. Well, I guess I didn't think about it that way. Uh, well, I was always into like, the academics and that kind of stuff so i thought well let me while i'm young enough let me go you know at least get something else behind my name i'd always wanted to study something within commerce or you know so so i ended up doing a bcom in economics uh so yeah so basically i think maybe 2012 2013 i was more focused on studies and that kind of stuff i, I still did music like as a hobby on the side uh, but then I'd say maybe from 2014 is when I really started writing songs again. Uh, and that's when, I guess you could say, officially writing for the first Synthmosphere started was about 2014. Yeah. Uh, okay. And then that so, kind of, so that so. kind of continued on a very kind of part-time basis. I was studying full-time and then I think at that point I was studying full-time and I was working at a music store over the weekends when a CD store actually. Oh, so Which you went. So you went that guy who yeah. were in Paul Bothner, listening to everybody <laughs> playing "Smoke on the Water" on the Fender No, 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 it wasn't. It wasn't one of those guys. <laughs> okay, I was the one of those guys like. I'd look and listen. Selling, yeah, Corlea Buerta CDs and. Okay. <laughs> So yeah. you had to put Anyways. all the CDs back that people listened and didn't want to buy. Yeah. Oh, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I said 20, yeah, so, so from about 2014 in between studying full-time, working part-time, and then I finished my studies, I started working full-time, continued basically just writing music over the weekends in my free time. So I guess, you know, when I say the first album took five years, it's not like it was five years, like constantly writing all the time you know technically Although i had periods took, technically yeah. if you think about it now yeah. seeing, mm -hmm. seeing that you are laying these puzzle pieces out to me as far as yes you know detective yeah, yeah. kyle is, is concerned <laughs> uh -huh. it technically yeah. took nine years because well yes you are so right yeah, yeah. technically if you have to think about it when it all started mm -hmm. with dummy ed and mm -hmm. Yep. You know, yeah. You were doing it on the sideline. It never really went away. You might mm -hmm. have just actively retouched on it, but technically, you've yeah. been working on it for nine years. Well, yes, actually, very much so. Yeah. Uh -huh. and, and a lot of the time was, yeah, was was like the learning curve, you know. Yeah. Um, it was like kind of learning everything I needed to do, how to be, how to be a one-man band. But you, so I had but to learn how to play said, like bass on a keyboard. Like I, I became pretty decent after a while. 
like the a, Seinfeld a bassist. He also played it on the <laughs> yeah. keyboard. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> so actually, funny enough, for the first album, I had all the bass lines written out, and it was like a very last-minute decision. I was like, maybe I should get some real bass. <laughs> and of course, of course, I called uh, Frank Master. Yeah, Frank Master Five Thousand. <laughs> yeah, Frank Master 5000, yeah. <laughs> um, so actually, that that's pretty much, yeah. It feels like uh, I went on a, on a tangent, but yeah, putting all the pieces together, that's pretty much the story of St. Mysteria. But, okay, so uh, but you yeah. mm -hmm. said um, mm -hmm. the first album was supposed to be your magnum opus, your all and be all. That was supposed to be your one and only album. So, and now you're squeezing out more puppies. <laughs> well, it's, it's not like... Um, it's not like the first... It's not like I ever intended to only write one album, right? Yes, but yes. It was more of a thing of if I only ever get a chance to, for whatever reason, only ever release one album in my life, like I'd want that album to be, you know, pretty freaking amazing, you know? But now you've released more, so how do you feel? <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about the new one that's coming Yeah, out. Yeah, uh, yeah, that would be great. So how hmm. did uh, so how did your progression happen now since 2019? Now you're bringing out bangers every single year. 2021, <laughs> nothing from Mr. Funk, and now there's a yeah brand spanking new album coming out. So tell me more about this album. Right. Now that it progressed, what can we expect uh -huh. from it? Is it a new sound? Talk to me. Yes. So I think with this one. I really wanted to to take my time with it, which is funny because, as you said, the first one kind of took nine years. But um, so I wouldn't say that I've come with a, a radically new sound. Uh, definitely haven't reinvented the wheel. I'd like to maybe at some point, but really what I've just done is just refine the sound that I've developed so far, just even more, you know. So that there are some songs on this new EP that I feel are like the most like synthmosphere thing I've actually ever done. Um, the most synthmosphere <laughs> thing you've ever done. Yeah. Okay, great. If, if there were ever a time where you were thinking, oh, wow. Al Funk is really being really synthmosphere right now. You were wrong because <laughs> yeah. he's being really synthmosphere right now. Woo! Right. <laughs> 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 okay, I'm in. I'm in. I'm on board. Strap me for in. Sure. I'm ready for the ride. Right, right. So, so okay. So, I think actually, if we look at kind of what was the main change from the first to the second album? Uh, maybe you'll notice on the second, on Polymatica, I tried to bring in more guitar and I tried to bring in more that, that post-rock feel that was always kind of there, kind of implied. But I think I just went way more post-rock, especially on Polymatica. 
um, th there were the two songs. I think it's actually the first two of the of the EP uh, where Dave plays some guitar on, like very ambient, like post rock kind of guitar. And and Dave um, has gone really ambient with his um, little kitty project. I've seen. Yes, I've, yeah. I've seen him. He's he's he's, he's, he's always good. loved that. Yeah, I've I've always seen like it that he would go kind of. In, in a more ambient direction yeah I, I and i and i like it because he also it's almost like he feeds off of his own energy with it because he starts off with one uh -huh. instrument and if i don't uh -huh. know if anyone else has seen um you know da david davidovich's um solo stuff when he puts on his instagram and and things like that where yeah yeah he starts off with a uh, with one instrument and then he moves on and you also played a couple of times with him um in Duopolis and also in, in Little Kitty yeah, where yeah. he also got percussion where he starts mm -hmm. off with one instrument he gets inspired by it and then he moves on by another one and then it's all just one giant you know exploration of sound and um for sure I can sure. actually hear that in now that you mention it I didn't actually uh -huh. really know he did um but now that you say that I can hear yeah. his style in those songs. Oh, right, right. For sure. For sure. Um, and so, so my point, yeah. So the point I was getting to was so for this third album, I've, uh, I've gone sort of even more into that post-rock feel, like um, especially with Origins, that the first song I released, uh, you know what I'm talking about? What song is this? Origins, the one I released in December last year. Yes, sir. Okay, so you've got yes. two. You've got two uh, um, um, singles that you released. Um, yeah, so there are already two. That's correct. Yeah, yeah. There are already two singles. Yeah, one sorry, of them, I just uh, wanted to make sure which one was a of vocal. The two, yes, yeah. Yeah, for sure. So the one without vocals. Yeah, yeah. Okay. okay. And that yeah. was like a. It's almost a six-minute-long song. Like, and that's the thing with with post rock. Most of the songs. Is are that about the one five, you told when you when you sent it to me? Like when I, when you asked me if you wanted with or without vocals, and I said we really must have one without the vocals. Is that the same one? No, no, no. No, this one never had vocals. Yeah. Okay. 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 You're thinking of the second single that was released, which is Angelica. Yes, I think uh, so. Yeah. 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 Right. So, so there was actually on Origin there was a guitar part that uh, that that David also recorded. It was one of the first songs I wrote for the album uh, about over a year ago. Um, and then in the meanwhile, I met this other like really amazing guitarist that's also super into like funk and like Corey Wong and Wolfpack and those kind of you know nice you know, exactly yeah. you know exactly what I'm here talking comes about. the funk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, and, and, uh, so his name is uh, Jacques Dutois. I met him through a, a mutual friend of ours. And he was like, hey, you know, you guys are into a lot of the similar stuff. Maybe you guys could do like some cool stuff musically. Um, and so definitely, of course, we hit it off musically because we're, <laughs> in, I mean, into funk music. So... <laughs> I think that's the first well, point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, duh, duh, yeah, you know, goes without saying. Uh, but yeah, it was really amazing uh, working with him. So he did guitar on Origins and Angelica, the first two songs that were released. Um, and uh, he he he's got a bit more of like a like a classic rock type style 
but but mixed in with like the modern and you know he's a super versatile guitarist uh he's actually a guitar teacher um and he does a lot of plays for a lot of different bands and stuff so so yeah so he he came in um and then on that second song angelica was was very much like just straight up funk you know like because franco came with this uh, he called the Stewie Z, which is the bassist of Jamiroquai. He came with this like super Jamiroquai bass line. Mm. And then Jar came with this like super like Daft Punk kind of funky vibe. So now we've um, got the, okay, yeah, yeah. so I see the evolution of Synthmosphere has gone back to the <laughs> funk roots now. Well, no, that was just for the one song, but actually the evolution, which it's, which the current trajectory has been on is to go more to the post-rock roots because Dummy Head uh, was, was actually a post-rock band. Um, so and we had a whole basically album written of post-rock songs. So um, I think very close, in very close second place with funk music for me is like post-rock, which is like that more slower, half-time, down-tempo, ambient kind of rock. Have have you ever listened um, to yeah. uh, Sleep Party People? No, no, I haven't. So I see actually a lot what you're talking about. Um, yeah. Now that you mentioned um, post rock, mm -hmm. uh, Sleep Party People is also people with minimalist percussion, also a lot of electronics, piano, and everything like that. Yeah, yeah. Mask individuals, and um, it's actually how I've imagined if you would actually have to play live oh, oh um, yeah so oh wow actually, okay so, so Just, check, you, must, you must send me the link bro yeah yeah so if i actually yeah. had to imagine you play live uh, because all of your things are pr produced and you've got all of your succession people in but have you ever uh -huh. thought about you know that i think that's a question i want to ask have you ever thought about yeah, yeah. you know performing live with synthmosphere i mean have i thought about it yes like all the time <laughs> um but um yeah it's definitely it, it is going to be a massive challenge um i mean the one option in order to do it like fairly inexpensively was if if it was just kind of like me but then it would be would be me essentially with a laptop you know um and I think you'd have to have some pretty cool visuals and lighting to kind of to get away with just that in a way. I don't know. Um, I, I just, uh, yeah, I don't know how it would translate unless I have a, like a small band with me, you know? Yeah. Um, but but then that, with, that's, uh, that starts. To, uh, mm -hmm. At least people with like, um, you know, what, what do you call those things um, with the, all the buttons? Uh not a loop station. Oh, There's the, the sampling pads. Yes. If you at least have yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean. Yeah, if I had something like that. I mean, essentially, I could. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I could perform it all, all one man. Which I will. You know, I'm thinking of, uh, yeah. Slowly, slowly doing something like that. Um, actually, my biggest. The biggest thing holding me back is I don't actually have a Mac laptop or a decent enough Mac laptop. So I'm kind of saving up uh, with, with these new M1 Macs. Uh, it's a lot more affordable to get a, a Mac laptop. 
but yes, yeah, so obviously I'd have to run my most of my stuff like through Logic or at least have some of like backing tracks. Or Ableton at least. And stuff in that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that would be one way to go. Um, so now I've definitely thought about it. Uh, I, I'd like to get like some, you know, to get in some of the musicians that I had on the record, although that's going to be a lot more difficult now <laughs> because I believe that Franco has relocated to the Eastern Cape. Yeah, I'm a Frank says relocated to beautiful. Yeah, place. so, <laughs> and, so uh, there's my first, uh, <laughs> there's my first, uh, and it's big, big shoes to fall. Obstacle. It's big shoes to fall. Right. I mean, no, not you everyone know, can, you know, dude, right? <laughs> yeah, I can play what he plays. It's, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so I think on, yeah, on Origins especially, I kind of like really went on that, on the post-rock route. Uh, and then the rest of the album is more, uh, okay, so the second song that we did with the vocals, Angelica, I think that's, that's, that one kind of sticks out in style a bit, I guess. Um, although it was more of like a, a funk vibe, it still had, was still very driven with synthesizers and, and that kind of thing. You can't escape the funk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then I think the rest of the album is way more, I, I think also just for this album, especially, I, I, I tried to really put the, the synth in Synthmosphere. So there, there's some like really cool, like, we coined this term slow low <laughs> it's like a slow a slow solo is a slow low slow low <laughs> a slow i low. love it so much right i thought hey you would do that hey man would you yeah, play that slow low again because <laughs> normally if you think oh. about solos or any guitar solo yeah, any yeah. solo or a drum solo or anything it's normally like you know like yeah 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 stretch your we stretch your stuff and you have to show the world <laughs> yeah, what you can do exactly. on this instrument a slow yeah. low I love a it so much. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I think that was actually a term that Jacques came up with. Um, so I think credit to him there. Um, but yeah, that, that was really funny. Because cause I did this little slow solo and then he's like, let me play it there by the slow low. And I was like, uh, oh, what? Slow low? That is so cool. <laughs> I think we even named one of the tracks slow low. No way. Nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And well, not this, like and the track on the song, but I mean, one of the multi-tracks, we called it like the slow low track um, and yeah. this album's birthday is on your birthday yes that's correct yeah did you plan that it was, specifically that was, like that i did i did definitely no, <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know i i have this kind of like auspicious thing about releasing things on my birthday um the uh, the jobless ep actually was released on my birthday as well so you were active see, with yeah. uh, with Duopolis, and if I'm not mistaken, I wrote this down uh -huh. here somewhere. Where is it? Boxer Club. Boxer Club. Yes, that's right. Mm. Nice. Hey, hey, you <laughs> did your homework, huh? I'm a homework guy. Check this guy. So what's Yo, your involvement uh, with Boxer Club? <laughs> Good question. Yeah, I like I like it. Uh, Boxer Club, that's actually it's one of my best mates. I mean, we know I know him back from 
primary school, like grade six. Uh, his name is Chris Christopher Paul. And his name is Chris he... Christopher Paul. <laughs> no, no, lol. Yeah, his name is Christopher Paul. We call him Chris. Uh, he He's actually been living in the UK the last, I think, nine years, probably longer now. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, so one of the, on one of his holidays, he came when he was in South Africa. He's, he was like, yeah, man, we really have to do this collab. I got these cool tracks for like an experimental like film kind of noir type album. So I said, oh, wow, that sounds really amazing. So yeah, so then we decided, um, so the project was actually supposed to call, be called, well, My Sweet Ingenue. So, so the project itself was My Sweet Ingenue, uh, but he'd previously released stuff under the name Boxer Club. So yeah, you could check out, so Boxer Club, uh, there's, there's some tunes. He hasn't been active because he's been way, way, way more into the photography and stuff, working in like big photographic studios in London. But uh, yeah, so uh, I was working on, I was finishing his uh, EP about about the same time when I was actually finish up, finishing up Synthmosphere, yeah. Um, so actually, I think, so the Boxer Club EP came out somewhere, I think in January. 2019 and then the first yeah, semester came out in, it, in april 2019 yeah it's the same year um your your initial semester came out correct yeah yeah, yeah that's right yeah, that's right. right and yeah. i actually went to go see i went to go see him uh in london in december of 2018 so that was really cool yeah i don't think a lot uh, of people will know of boxer club but i'm i'm i like the i like the underdogs you know and it's always been one yeah of <laughs> did you ever listen to some of it <laughs> yeah because um i think okay. i think yeah. you used to on spotify you made a playlist with all of your compositions that's and correct that's, and that's yes, where yes. i and that's where i was like okay he was involved with this but i've i've I, spotify came on my release radar um the ah, same okay. year because my Spotify algorithm loves me because I've had Spotify yeah. for almost 10 years now. Wow. So, okay. Yeah. Jeez, I've, had it in the, I've had it in America. I've had it in America uh -huh. and I, I kept it alive with my American um, credit card. And, uh, you oh, know, yeah. oh, really? Oh, wow. Until that's crazy. Spotify came out in South Africa. I was like, oh, yes. I don't have to, <laughs> you know, pay close to $10 and $12 transaction oh, wow. fees just to keep my Spotify alive, you know? So, oh my goodness. Wow. So yeah, my so algorithm a, is so You're a true diehard fan. <laughs> yeah, I am. So yeah. So when I saw you were yeah. involved with boxer club, I'm like, okay, I was very curious to see how. Right. Right. Yeah. So, so I, I basically just, um, I mean, he, he wrote most of pretty much the whole album. I just assisted with the production side, uh, with the mixing and then the final mastering. And then I added some, some little extra things in between. Uh, but yeah, it was mostly written by, by Chris. So, Mr. Funk, if you could mm -hmm. tell the listeners out there, why, why should we listen to this new album when it comes out? Not only because it's your birthday. I mean... What disgusting yeah, yeah, yeah. human will not I mean, listen to this album? Because it's your birthday. dude, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm totally, I'm totally going to uh, 
emotionally manipulate people. Uh, do it. No, I'm joking. It's, it's like, <laughs> what do you need to do is if you really want to get me a birthday present, just listen to my album. I mean, yeah, I mean, that was actually the plan. That's why oh. I released my birthday. Oh. Yeah, no, I'm joking. Psychological warfare <laughs> happening over here. No, I'm no kidding. So, I'm your, kidding. so your album is coming out soon. Why and... should why should people listen to it? Yeah, well, why? Tell me that's, why. That's a great question. Uh, so I think that I, as with all my albums, I, I've put really put a lot of genuine heart into it. Uh, I've, I've really put a lot of of passion, hard work, dedication. Uh, made a lot of sacrifices along the way. Uh, at the end of the day. I just want people to, I guess, maybe feel something or, uh, or, or the biggest reward for me is when uh, people have a song that they can listen to when maybe they're having a, a bad day or whatever happened, you know, something to listen to, I guess, ultimately uh, to cheer them up or, can I can to, I tell uh, the people epics, why I yeah. like listening to Synthmosphere? Yeah, that that'll be awesome. I'd like to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. So why I like to listen to Synthmosphere? So, yeah. um, you'll probably see there's a bunch of listens on your album every single month, and it's probably ninety percent oh, yeah. me because I listen to uh, I listen to it when I clean and oh really work okay and work interesting and yeah. Go, so yeah clean work and go to bed. Those are the Interesting. three okay, times okay. I like listening to it because it's got that it's got that uh -huh. you know prog element to it. That's a journey and it's a story, and you want to know where it yes, goes. Yes, that's the point. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, so and it keeps you going as well because it's not like because I don't listen to vibey music when I want to stay awake or when I do something because. Mm -hmm, if mm -hmm. I listen to music with that's vibey, I get distracted. I go dance and then I go do something extreme. I don't know, but right. <laughs> I like listening to it because it's basically like yeah. an audio. It's basically like an audio book, but audio with music, you know, because it's a story that keeps yeah. going. So it's very nice music uh -huh. for me to listen to when I'm busy and well, I want to cool. focus. So Okay, that's awesome. Yeah. That is why I like to listen personally, as Kyle Ludwig would like to listen to <laughs> the atmosphere, but I can't say the same for other people. Yeah. No, that's a fantastic insight. No, thanks for that. Yeah. I think I think a lot of people have told me, yeah, it's it's great relaxation music. Um they've they've said it's great sleep music. Uh which maybe you know, you might first think like, oh wow, is my music that boring puts you to sleep? No. <laughs> but no, 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 obviously I don't take it that way. Um, the, the coolest thing I think someone ever told me was, uh, there was like some random person like that follows me on Instagram and they were like, uh, Hey man, I just wanted to let you know that your music really helps with my anxiety, you know? And I was like, I was like, wow, oh. okay. That that's, I'm like, that's really epic. You know, I can see that because I know that that's something that a lot of people, uh, might be going through or suffering with so to know that you know my music helps with some anxiety so i guess i could say if you're suffering from anxiety or you're feeling angry or i don't know um then maybe my music would be also be good for you 
Um, so otherwise, yeah, the point is to take you on on a on a sound journey, as you said, because uh, okay, pretty much everyone that listens to my music says that it'll be great in like films or video games. A lot of people have said video games. The other day, uh, a producer friend of mine said, "Hey, your your music would go really well in anime." I said, "Oh, anime." Okay. So I wouldn't I don't say. Know. Yeah. I, I, it yeah. all depends what anime. Okay, right, right. Yeah, because <laughs> that's uh-huh. also a, a, a topic that we can dive down like that rabbit hole forever. But, Mr. Funk, oh, yeah. <laughs> I would just like to say thank you very much for coming on the show. So if you would like uh-huh. to leave us with something, any, anything, if you would like to leave any listener out there with any form of advice, tell us where we can find you. And uh-huh. yeah, the floor is yours. All right. Well, you can find me on all the platforms. All it's, of them. Uh, <laughs> no, literally all of them. No, all of them. All of them. <laughs> I'm even on. I'm He's even on Mixit. Like, <laughs> no, I'm even on some like like KK Box, which is like some platform in Korea. I mean, on some other crazy Russian platforms. I'm literally everywhere. Um, okay. No. Okay. What's your I'd like handle? To, I'd like to get handle? some. Uh, so it's Synthmosphere. You could check out it's Synthmosphere on Instagram and Facebook. And uh, please go check out the Synthmosphere YouTube channel. I'm trying to get some new content on there. I'm trying to get some some subscribers. Uh, so yeah, there is a teaser on the Synthmosphere YouTube channel. Uh, a little teaser of the album i think i've sent it to you so basically it's about 30 40 seconds of each song with like a cool little visual visualizer uh so so you can go check out kind of have a brief overview of the whole album uh and then yeah follow me on spotify or apple music wherever you are if you do really like the music, I encourage you to go buy it on Amazon or iTunes because streaming really pays absolutely almost nothing. It's like a 18 thousandths of a dollar per stream. So yeah, wow. I'd encourage people. I think, oh wow, yeah. Um, what you're gonna do so, with all of that money? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, so yeah, please uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel atmosphere and follow me on spotify it'd be nice to get some more followers there um and yeah uh, as in terms of advice i think the advice that i could give to any songwriters music producers uh, the best advice given to me uh, with regards to songwriting is just to to try to write every day or at least not every day, but to, to, to always be writing, always write consistent, be consistent with your output. Uh, maybe a lot of artists will go through periods where they're very productive and then they go through whatever these slumps. Uh, I think a great way to stay out of this thing of a creative rut or, you know, to get into this writer's block is just to, it's just to keep writing. And whenever you get stuck, I, I go to, to YouTube. I get amazing inspiration. I watch 
videos on chord progressions, on technique, on production techniques. But also you can, apply, you can apply that yeah. actually in any aspect, even if you're not creative, you know. For instance, journaling. Point, yes. Journaling as well. Yeah. For instance, you know, whatever, yeah. whatever thing I agree. you do or are passionate about, at least try to actively do it often to not lose touch mm -hmm. of it. Because so many people lose their passions or their, their hopes and dreams. Well, not hope. Well, that's very dramatic. Sorry, I'm taking that back. But <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's very dramatic. And what I'm saying it, is, it does happen, bro. It does happen. It, it does happen, but I don't want to bring it. Yeah. I'm saying a lot of people lose track of their passions or even their own yeah, yeah. growth. Mm. If you don't touch of it on it really often, you know, a lot of people think it's yeah. like riding a bike, but if you, the, the longer you don't ride a bike, the harder it's to get back onto that, you know? So um, you can apply what you're saying to any aspect, to any sport or, um, you know, creative uh, um, journey. Absolutely. I mean, if you look at anybody that, that made it to a real world-class level of competing, you know, it was, it was about 20 years of work. I mean, they all started from, from kids, then they started slowly with nationals, those kind of competitions. So I think to anybody that's looking to enter the music industry or do this as a career, like unless you, you got to first of all, be ready for to not to make money. Five, <laughs> yeah, for five, for five to 10 years. No, for five to 10 years while you really uh, perfecting your craft, building your skill, getting yourself out there. Okay, some people make it before then, but yeah, don't expect anything to happen at least within five years i'd say um this is if you're in this you're in this for the long haul and with that i would i would say that you know if that is your plan then have have a plan that's going to get you to the plan you know have so basically my advice is the plan is not the plan okay the, <laughs> the plan is not the plan you need the, the plan to get yourself the, plan. <laughs> the <laughs> plan is not the plan you need to get yourself a plan <laughs> <laughs> to get you to the plan. To the plan, exactly, bro. All right. The plan is not the plan. If there's any advice I can give any musicians, is the plan is not the plan. <laughs> That's not your plan. You need a plan that'll get you to the plan. Guys, you can yeah. find Al Funk. You can you can you can just look him up. Al Funk. He's a uh -huh. very cool guy. Beautiful musician, and it's an honor to have you on the show, sir. And I'm Thank looking you. forward to your honor. album dropping uh -huh. out. And I'm hoping to drop this podcast on the same day so people can get some background be... onto this album as well. Right. That'll be awesome. That'll be awesome. Yeah. So thank you very much. Thank you. you should have a beautiful evening thank and you. we should definitely you chat too. again soon. Yeah, we must chat soon. Definitely. Yeah. And I, oh. and I definitely like to get some of your, some of some Kyle high coffee sometime. Kyle high coffee. Is not a sponsor yes. of the show, people. Just <laughs> <laughs> but y'all, thank you very much, Al Funk, okay. and have a beautiful evening.